Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. We talk about wills on this channel from time to time. Not terribly often, but here's an interesting story Neil tipped me off to out of Chicago. A southwest side recluse has a record-setting $11 million unclaimed estate now thrown into chaos by a newly surfaced will. And this happens from time to time. You may recall that when Howard Hughes died, a bunch of wills popped up. People said, oh, yeah, he left everything to me. I picked him up hitchhiking one time. So <laughs> Mitch Dudek writes this for the Chicago Sun-Times. The court-appointed independent administrator says he is highly suspicious of the authenticity of this purported will. So there's a twist in the mysterious case of the late Joseph Stanchek, a frugal, secretly wealthy southwest side recluse, and his record-setting unclaimed estate valued $11 million. Now, a will has been produced in Cook County Probate Court that's thrown a wrench into the gears of the inheritance process, at least temporarily, putting on hold uh, the payments that were about to be made to more than 119 distant relatives around the globe. So you should know that there's a bunch of weird terms that go along with this. But if you die without a will, they say you died intestate, intestate. And if you die intestate, then the court looks at the estate and goes, okay, they didn't leave a will. What do we do with the stuff? And there's rules as to what happens. Did you have a spouse and no children? Well, the spouse might get everything. Did you have no spouse, but yes, children? Well, then the children might divide it up. What if you had no spouse, no children, but one of your parents was still alive? What if you had a sibling and a parent? And I'm not making this up. There's this whole, it's like, it's like one of those, it looks like a family tree, where there's a whole thing about like, well, if the people at this level are alive, they get it. But if there's no people at this level, but this level and this level, they split it. And there are situations where people probably should go talk to an attorney if they care about what happens to their stuff after they die. Many people don't. I've had people tell me, go, Steve, once I'm dead, I don't care. But I've also had people say, Steve, I, I actually want this person taken care of after I pass away. Well, go get a will drawn up that does that. But understand that if you do not leave a will and you die intestate, it means that the court is going to divvy your stuff up according to the law of the state so state law will dictate who gets your stuff. And so you want to think about that. So this is another strange turn in the strange and mysterious life of Joe Stanchek. For one thing, it's unclear what he did for a living or where his money came from. Now, neighbors, for some reason, thought he was either an electrician or an electrical engineer. <laughs> They'd occasionally see him tinkering with old cars or fixing broken lawnmowers. And he lived in a modest bungalow in Gage Park. Then, in December of 2016, 2016, he died at the age of 87, and they could not find a will, and he had no immediate family. But he had $11 million in the bank. $11 million in the bank, which makes that the largest unclaimed estate in the nation's history, according to this article. A search turned up more than 119 distant relatives scattered about the globe, and checks divvying up the fortune were just being prepared to be sent to them until a court petition filed this year, which of course is seven years after the man died, asked the judge overseeing the probate case to accept a newly turned up will, which prompted a Cook County judge to put the inheritance payouts on hold until they can figure out if that will is true. And there's a lot of sorting to be done. 
The document presented as his will is dated August 19th, 2015, so a little over a year before he passed. And in it, he left his entire estate to a company and its president. And the company looks like it could be charitable of some sort, but I'm not quite sure. Smart Kids Child Care, Inc. The court filing says that only two copies of the will were produced. One was to be kept by Smart Kids Child Care, Inc. And one went to the lawyer who drafted the will. Now, there's a problem, though, because the purported will had Stanchek assigning the lawyer the task of notifying the other guy when he died, referring to the guy who's in the will. And describing himself this way, I am a recluse individual in the state of Chicago. (laughs) I am a recluse individual. But the lawyer died in a plane crash months after Stanchek supposedly signed that document. And the copy of the will that went to the um, personal injury attorney from Carbondale has not been located. So the lawyer passed away and nobody can find the copy of the will that he supposedly did for the recluse. Now, there's a man who's been appointed to be the independent administrator of the estate and to ensure that the money goes to the right people, says he is highly suspicious of the authenticity of the will and is trying to get the will thrown out. The poorly drafted will was found, that's in quotes, only after the case made international headlines and seven years after the death, he points out in court filings. Now, they're raising the possibility that the lawyer's copy of the will hasn't been found because it was never held by him in the first place as a purported will is a fraud upon this estate and this court. And again, that's the uh, administrator talking. The missing copy is reason enough for the judge to reject the will, according to the administrator, who wants the judge to at least give him time to investigate and provide his findings before the judge decides whether to accept the will as legitimate. Now, there is an attorney representing the smart kids argues in court filings that the will can be revoked only if a copy that went to Stanchek was lost. But Stanchek apparently never possessed a copy, and the law does not extend to his attorney losing one, according to the attorney for smart kids. Meanwhile, um, people are wondering what the connection is between Stanchek and that entity, smart kids childcare. So the filings don't address that apparently. Uh, the newspaper reached out to him, but he declined to comment by phone. Uh, efforts to reach the man who was individually named in the will were unsuccessful. Uh, in court filings, the uh, administrator casts a wary eye on why a recluse on the southwest side would hire an attorney from southern Illinois, travel to New York to finalize the document, as is purported to have happened. He also notes that Smart Kids Healthcare has no phone number or website, and that another company is operating out of its listed address in the Bronx. He told the Chicago Sun-Times that Stanchek's signature on the will also does not appear to match any other previous known signatures. So the judge has asked the lawyers to present their arguments December 13th in the courtroom. And, of course, somebody had to ask, what about the dozens of relatives, all 119 of them, I think it was, who were going to divvy up the $11 million dollars And he said, it's fair to say a lot of them are not happy. So, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I'd have to see the will. But I do find it strange that the will shows up seven years later. And the attorney who supposedly drafted it 
is also gone. And they're saying the signatures don't match. And I'd be so tempted as a judge, just say, show me the signatures, show me exemplars, show me, you know, show me samples of his writing to let me see how those signatures match up. But the court can also hire an expert who identifies signatures and handwriting and things of that nature. But the other question is, and Neil sent me this with a note. He said, Steve, among other things, if an attorney dies, I mean, their practice presumably involves like papers, documents, files. Would those things still exist? And well, they should exist uh, depending on what happened to his stuff when he passed away. But I can also tell you that, you know, lawyers do die from time to time. And somebody will go in and try to wrap up all of their unfinished business. They got pending cases in court and so on. But once they get that taken care of, they might just say, okay, well, the rest of this stuff, just either stick it in storage or toss it. And lawyers will retain documents and files, especially paper ones. I'm talking about the old days. For anywhere from five to 10 years, depending on what the statute of limitations is on malpractice in your state. Because that's the biggest concern most lawyers have is they go, okay, I handled the case. It's closed now. I can close the file. But I'm scared if I destroy the file, someone might come back three years from now and go, hey, you committed malpractice. I'm going to sue you for that. And if that's within the statute of limitations, well, you got to go be able to find the file to figure out what happened or what didn't happen. And so some attorneys keep their stuff for quite some time. And I've known attorneys. In fact, I had the first law office that I worked in, the first building, uh, had a basement devoted to storage of old files. And every now and then you'd go down and dig up an old file for whatever reason. And I remember going down there, and it was like the ending scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, except dustier. And um, I remember going like down to one end of a, uh, an aisle, down at the very, very bottom, just to see like what the oldest stuff in there was. And uh, pulling out a dusty old file that was like 25 years old or something. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Exhibits from trials and stuff, and crazy, crazy stuff down there. But um, this attorney's office, presumably, if that will is correct, would have had something in the office to reflect this. But if, if a guy passes away and he's a sole practitioner, he's got no one else he's working with, they might go, well, gee, the guy's passed away. We wound up all his business. Toss it all. That might have happened. Now, I can tell you that many attorneys, starting a few years ago, have gone to a lot of e-filing and e-document retention, meaning that you scan a document. Hello. Hey, who put that there? Scan a document, and now they've got it on a computer, and they can back it up on a hard drive someplace, and they might not even have paper copies of anything. You might not need paper copies of anything anymore. And so that started a few years ago. But again, if the guy passes away and all of his cases are closed and his documents are tossed, what happens to the hard drives from his, from his computers? Who knows? Who knows? So that's the part that there might never be a good answer to. However, someone can presumably look at the will and see if the signature looks good. And then also there's an interesting point, Neil pointed this out in his email to me, is that in most states, a typed up will, a standard will, has got to be signed by the testator. <laughs> Female testator, of course, is a testatrix, I kid you not. And the testator signs it in front of witnesses, depending on the state law requirements. So in Michigan, for instance, I would sign my will in front of two witnesses who would watch me sign it. Then they would sign it, attesting the fact that they watched me sign my will. Because obviously when I pass away, I won't be here to say that's my signature. So you got two witnesses. 
So it depends on the state, but there should be someone else out there who could vouch for this besides the attorney who's passed away. Because, by the way, the attorney probably would not act as a witness on a will. Uh, I've seen a lot of attorneys who handle wills, and they always bring in just secretaries or, or, or other people who are not in the will, so there's no conflicts being created. But they usually just get other people to witness that. And I have actually watched people witness uh, wills. In fact, I've witnessed a few as well. I, I can't remember which ones I have, but... I'll be able to look and go, yep, that's my signature, so that must be his signature. So it's a crazy case, but it reminds me of when they announced that there's a big, big jackpot, lotto jackpot that's about to go unclaimed, and somebody pops up and goes, oh, I've got a, I've got a, well, I had the ticket. Uh, I got a part of a ticket. I, you know, and it turns out that more people show up claiming that they had it than obviously they sold. So we'll see what happens, but Neil, thanks for sending it to the chicagosuntimes.com, and Mitch Dudek wrote that. Southwest, <laughs> I almost said swide. Southwest side recluse's record-setting $11 million unclaimed estate thrown into chaos by newly surfaced will. We'll see what happens in December. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. To be a champion, you have to believe in yourself when nobody else will.